Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good evening. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner. And before we get into the 97 68 win for Illinois over Michigan, Brad Underwood in a much better mood. Juwan Howard saying it, actually saying it. We'll dive into all that as Terrence Shannon has a huge night, 31 points. But the biggest news of the night is Derek Piper is back at the State Farm Center. Welcome back, Derek. Uh, we didn't we didn't rush you back here. You didn't. Uh, we didn't <laughs> but you wanted to get here. But congratulations to you and Haley on the birth of your daughter, Nellie. Uh, how's it going so far, man? I, I said the, the early tip-off probably helped Papa Piper tonight. We were happy about that, absolutely. Uh, the mid-game report was positive. Uh, got some uh, helping hands from the in-laws out there uh, at the house, so that that's always good to have. But uh, Haley, my wife, is doing well. Nellie, the newborn, is uh, is is healthy and adorable. So we're we're full of joy. Uh, we are changing diapers like a NASCAR crew out there, though. Two under two is it's uh, it's a lot, but. Um, we're doing great. We appreciate you and, and Joey holding it down and giving me the time with the family. So uh, happy to be back in uh, familiar territory. Uh, let me ask you this: um, as we get a little in depth here, uh, are you past this? Tar- are you past the tar stage? Past if you know, tar. you know. Okay, yes, you're past the yes. tar. Uh, have you learned the new wiping strategies with a girl? Uh, no, fill me in. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to be worried about the girl. You got to make sure you wipe the right it's way. It's different, Otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah, I do know that it's different. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the tar in the hand, I've had that. Tw- I had that twice before it moved on. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was initiated early. It, it is different with the boys, though. You can be a little bit uh, with boys when you're changing them. You got you got to be ready. You got to be know. ready. Yeah. Girl, girls, not so much. You can take a little break with that. But uh, <laughs> I think that's enough of that talk. Um, what, what a response for Illinois. I, I mean, we kind of knew Michigan just overmatched, especially without – Doug McDaniel, but Derek, a nice response for the Illini. They, they had this game in hand basically the entire time. I know Michigan made a little bit of a run there to make it 28 to 25. But Terrence Shannon, the story of the game, just took over. He had 21 of the Illini's 28 points during a 28-7 run between the end of the first half, the beginning of the second half, made eight consecutive shots, including five threes. We know Terrence Shannon has these nuclear moments, but we haven't seen that. Uh, since he since the Missouri game, right? Like we've seen little moments. Uh, Michigan State, he was really, really good uh, for a stretch, but he completely dominated this game. We'll get into what Juwan Howard said about this because you know that stung him to see Terrence Shannon go off like this. But uh, this is back-to-back games where I think we've seen superstar All-American Terrence Shannon. That's a, that's a good thing for Illinois. So where do you think he is in coming back here, Derek? I think it's really encouraging to see what you've seen. Uh, I thought against Michigan State, really good downhill action. And then tonight had the three ball going. I know he had a couple of those against Michigan State. thought he settled late from beyond the arc uh, down the stretch against uh, the, the Spartans. But tonight, to be able to knock down four straight really down the stretch of that first half. Also had uh, goal 10 that, that got counted uh, when Terrace Reed goes up there and blocks it. So it was takeover mode, Terrence Shannon. And to see him go 28 and 31. He's looking a lot more like himself uh, offensively. So that's that's been really, really good, really encouraging. I think the more Illinois can get stops on people, the more you can get them out in the open floor and, and get those those finishes that we know is, is probably the biggest strength of his game. So it's been pretty encouraging. I was probably more encouraged just kind of the – and I know we'll get into it with Michigan and, and how just downright sad this team is, uh, yeah. especially without Doug McDaniel. But – uh, I liked Terrence's bite and energy defensively, and I, I think he's got a lot of ability to impact the game there. I, I thought he was dialed in there tonight. As Illinois, that was kind of one of the kind of the first initial things being back in the building and watching it was just kind of their their extra juice right out of the gate defensively. Uh, I know they gave up some ultimately that stretch in the first half got got some runs to the rim and some second chance opportunities they gave up, but 
uh, kind of as the as the whole picture of it. I thought Illinois defensively had it turned up, but yeah, Terrence is a big part of that potentially. Um, I, there's going to have to be more of a prove it cushion here before we're like, oh, they're good uh, at that in the floor. But offensively, this team could be really, really good. Has been really good, uh, even when Terrence hasn't been at his best. But with this type of performance, it's it's hard to guard him. Like Brad said, when he's making threes, good luck dealing with him. Well, and the thing I love, Derek, is they got him going and he got going in transition. One, because they got stops, and you could push it ahead to Terrence. Michigan was awful with their transition defense. Uh, they weren't locating him, and this had no one who could really match up with him. But he was 6 of 7 from 2 tonight, and a lot of those were at the rim. Some ridiculous finishes for him uh, with some Michigan guys who have some size. Uh, I, I thought that was huge going early. You got Coleman Hawkins in the open court. But getting in transition gets him going. It really got Illinois going on that 22 to 11 start. They had eight fast break points, four from Rodgers, four from Shannon. Shannon dishes off to Hawkins, who dishes off to Rodgers on that one that was beautiful. Uh, but then his first three threes that he made, Derek, were all in rhythm offense. They were all corner threes, I believe. Um, and that's, that's a spot he can get hot. I mean, most players are better from that spot. I told you, besides Coleman Hawkins, who's the best uh, at the top of the key, but that got him going. And then he made that, you know, logo three, and then he made kind of one of his step backs that uh, he was just feeling it at, at that point. So when you can get him those in rhythm offense threes that Coleman Hawkins, who was phenomenal, we'll get into him tonight. But Illinois was was had 11, I think, assists on their first 18 field goals tonight. That was just really good offense against a bad defense. Uh, but I, I just thought this was the recipe for getting Shannon going. Get stops, get him in transition, get him a couple corner threes that are open, make a couple, and then he can have a nuclear night like this. And to go far in the tournament, you're going to need Terrence Shannon to have one of these nuclear nights. 100%. I mean, he's one of those stars that could carry you some rounds in the tournament. We see it every year guys that are just the difference makers and he's got that ability to, to be we've got this guy and you guys don't and, and that could be the story of a, of a certain game uh, to push you on to the next round so uh, having him going you still got about a month until selection Sunday pops up and uh, we'll see what that that momentum looks like for him can he get back to who he was pre suspension and whatnot that's been a big storyline of course it does go hand in hand it's got to be both ends. It's got to be defense, which I think has been lacking for him recently until tonight, which we'll see if he can build on that. You're going to have a tougher task when you go to College Park and play Jameer Young and and, and Maryland, even though they're, they're a terrible three-point shooting team and have had their issues scoring the ball. But uh, as for tonight, yeah, I, I think that we think of the high, de high degree of guilt, difficulty type of finishes, the explosive finishes, uh, which he certainly had, the three, three ball going tonight. And then I know early second half when he had already – exploded and was going on his run and you had the stat of eight straight shots that he made uh, he had like a he got a switch on Terrace Reed and kind of just hit a, a step in pull up uh, mid-range shot and I just saw Juwan he's just like smirking and he just goes wow he's like staring off and just smiling like it, it was kind of the the defeated we can't do anything about it but also uh, a little bit of appreciating his guy who he wishes was his guy uh, if not for Michigan academics yeah, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, defensively, I was encouraged, as you said, Derek, by the the intensity, the effort. Uh, I had a stat ready to go. This I did tweet it out during the game, so maybe I jinxed it. But uh, Michigan didn't have a three through the first 38 minutes of this game. That would have been the second time in five games that Illinois did not allow a three. Now, Michigan, unlike Indiana, is a good three-point shooting team. They shoot about 37% from three. Illinois ran them off the line all night, only allowed 10 attempts, uh, and they made their ninth tonight. They started the game 0 for 8 from 3. Uh, they did get a lot of dunks in that first half, got some dunks in the second half when the game was already out of, out of line. But um, I thought Illinois forced them into to tough tough looks, but it is Michigan without Doug McDaniel. This, this team has been atrocious on the road without Doug McDaniel. They're now 0-5, averaging about 63 points a game, shooting about 40% from the field. So if anything, Derek, what do you take away defensively? Do they do anything different? Um, can, can we be encouraged from this game? What can we be encouraged about defensively? Time will tell in terms of how much you're going to buy into a, a team that I, I wrote about it. It's profile recently since January 1st looked a little too much like Iowa, probably for Atlanta fans likings. If you look into the metrics, super elite offensively, pretty easy to score on defensively. Uh, 
gearing towards that 100 marker nationally uh, over that pretty much month and a half sample size. But uh, I did think, and as I mentioned, I thought they just had more, a little more juice, especially defending the ball. Like they were up in Michigan's ball handlers and, and the way that they were, that they fought through screens a little bit better. Uh, I know that Brad and I think also maybe Coleman mentioned the way that Terrence was getting over screens. I thought they, they did a better job of that. Uh, they, they had, again, a little bit of a lapse there, middle of the second half when uh, Namari was able to, to beat Justin Harmon off the dribble and uh, Kamwa rip drives Quincy Garrier and dunks it. So uh, there was a little bit of a lapse there. Uh, so I, I just think in general, the the emphasis, it seemed like there was a, a real response, a buy-in of collectively like uh, Brad talked about, hey, the way the fact that we lost, it kind of was a wake up call for the team. And I got on them about, you know, we got to focus entirely on defense and practice. Seems like there's been an, an acceptance and a buy in there. Uh, they were a little more active with their hands uh, also uh, had some deflections. And we know this team isn't really hunting turnovers or hasn't a whole lot up to this point. But maybe they can try to do that a little bit more uh, if especially if the matchup dictates that you're talking about a team that didn't have their point guard tonight. So yeah. uh, maybe that was just a opportunistic spot, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where you're hesitant because this is who Michigan is. Like they have scored in the sixties. Uh, they scored 60 some at Nebraska. You can go back through their, their recent track record, especially on the road without McDaniel and they're getting their average margin of victory of defeat. The last three was by 24 points. So you're pretty much in line with, what they've been um, not to take too much away from Illinois. It's just, yeah. unfortunately with this kind of game, you're only going to learn so much and they've been a bad basketball team, even with them and without them, they're horrendous. I need to go back and listen to Coleman, but I thought the most interesting thing he said was, or one of the most interesting, I love talking, hearing from Coleman talk ball, but I asked him what the most encouraging thing about defensively was. And he said, they got after it a little bit more. They were more aggressive. Um, you and I have talked during the game, like Coleman and drop coverage, is it using him well enough? Because he's not a big, burly, strong guy that's, you know, one-on-one -on -one in rim protection isn't the best. I think he's a great help defender at the rim. Um, but, man, getting him out there and getting in front of guards, I, I think that's where he's at, at his best, being a little bit more aggressive than being so far back and kind of just playing air traffic controller. So I'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive when you got a guy – like Coleman Hawkins, I just think it gets him more involved, gets him more aggressive, Derek. And uh, I don't think he had any steals, but he was poking some things out today. They were poking the ball away, and he had two blocks early on. So I like when they get a little bit more aggressive with Coleman Hawkins in that ball screen defense. 100%, yeah. I think that's something that they need to continue to lean into because he, it's taken away the advantage of his mobility if he's planted so far back and not able to – because I think he's very capable of, of showing on a ball handler, obviously trapping if they wanted to. They haven't really shown that. Uh, they have switched some things where you've seen Coleman on, Tyson Walker, Boo Booey, Jameer Young. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would even like at times to to fully blitz that, where you got the the guy who's on the on the point guard plus Coleman to come up, force the ball out of their hands, and then uh, recover. Uh, I, even if you're not doing that, even if you're just kind of showing for a second or, or – taking away some of that space that we've seen some of these guards operate in when they go and get those floaters or those mid-range pull-ups uh, because he can from free throw line extended then recover to the the roll guy if needed so because he moves his feet really well he's got length he's got anticipation I feel like you're like you're talking about uh, taking away some of those advantages if he's planted so far back so uh, I think that's been an area where they've been susceptible and not really kind of gettable um not really putting Coleman maybe in the best situation. I don't know how much of that is Coleman just sinking back too far or if that's just the game plan. But I think that, yeah, he's got that ability. And then uh, to block Terrace Reed a couple times tonight, I think he was a little bit more tough and able to contain him because Terrace Reed had a tough night. I know you had him at, at what, one for seven to start the game? Yeah, and he was five of 14 for the entire game. I mean, he, this is a guy who had eight for 10 for 20 points, a career high. Uh, in Ann Arbor tonight, 12 points on 5 of 14. Some of those he probably should have finished, but yeah. I thought a lot of that was was Coleman being tougher on him and, you know, forcing some, you know, getting in his way and, and really, you know, impacting his shot. So kudos to Coleman. Well, let's get into him because I think he is just playing at a ridiculously high level. The last two and a half months for, for Coleman, I saw somebody comment in, in the comments here that Coleman is a team MVP. I don't disagree with that. Terrence is the best player. 
I think that's pretty clear. But, I mean, obviously he missed uh, six games here, and I think Coleman has been more consistent of late. Now you got Shannon going too, but Coleman, 17 points, five assists, all in the first half, Derek, 17 assists for him over the last three games. Uh, you can see the skill. He's got three of six from three tonight, and we know what he can bring defensively. He's just one of the most intelligent players I've seen at, at Illinois. I know those emotions can be up and down. And he was talking to Juwan Howard a little bit today. I think he said boom to him at some point on the sidelines. But, man, just a complete player. I'm going to have him in my top ten, all Big Ten voting, probably second team. You know, Terrence Shannon, Marcus Damask will probably be in that as well. But this guy looks like an NBA player. Uh, and it's just a kudos to him. Um, how good he's gotten, his development, and this coaching staff to develop a guy who is outside the top 150 into one of the best players in, in the Big Ten. So kudos to both those because we're seeing Coleman Hawkins. He's one of the best players in the Big Ten. Just check the stats, 40% from three in Big Ten play, 39% uh, on the season from beyond the arc. That's huge improvement. Talking about a guy that was in that 28 29% uh, from beyond the arc last year kind of as a career percentage so he's added that he's so he's so confident with it i mean the way that he's putting those up and he's got a nice quick release he's smooth it's, he's taking a lot more in rhythm shots uh, the way he's been passing it recently uh out of the high post where especially when michigan was playing that zone it seems like coleman's a perfect zone beater in the middle with the way that you can cut off of him that you can allow him to see the floor make decisions and then defensively we know his impact i think some of the some of the weak spots in him defensively at the five is is just not his fault. It's because he's playing the five for Illinois, and uh, he's not a, a traditional five. Uh, I do think, uh, yeah, the the drop coverage and stuff is something that Illinois can address. But really, on the whole, yes, it's a it's a modern big man who has that skill set that he's showing. He's he's developed the consistency that we wanted to see, especially offensively uh, with that three point shot and. He's been he's been massive. He's been huge. The great thing about this Illinois team is you can make an argument for probably those three different guys. Yes, uh, yeah. I'm going to show my Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals bias. It reminds me of like that 04 Roland Pujols and Edmonds in the MVP voting. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, where would you be without Damas? The way that you're running offense through him and booty ball, especially in the, the Shannon absence. Obviously, Terrence, the most talented player on this team. But then Coleman um, has a great argument as well. So. Uh, you asked the question off before we uh, we're going to hop on here. Is he a definite NBA draft pick? He definitely looks like one in this draft for sure, right? Like this is not a, a strong draft, uh, and, and I just I see the skill, and I know he's an older guy. What's he? He just turned twenty two, I believe. Um, I, I don't think that's an issue. Like, he, can you imagine him on the Nuggets or the Warriors? Like, he just fits so perfectly with those teams off the bench. Maybe he's a G League player for a little bit, um, but he's. He's a definite guy who's going to get guaranteed money. So I know people are talking about, could he use his fifth year of eligibility? All that. I don't think so. He's ready. I'd be surprised. He's ready. Yeah. And, he, and he's earned that shot. So, hey, shout out to the 300 plus that are on here. Almost 400 people. Hit that like button while you're with us. The notifications bell. Subscribe to us. We really appreciate that. We'll get to your questions. If you've got any super chats, we appreciate when you guys send those. We'll get to some of your questions here coming up. And we will dive into... Uh, what Juwan Howard had to say to us after the game was really interesting. But first, let's hear from one of our great sponsors. This episode of the Alana Inquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through those challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your significant other, friends, work, or anyone. Guys, I know you can go through life and everything's going well, but there are things you still need to be talking through, especially in your relationships. I know my wife and I talk through a lot of these things, but sometimes it really helps to talk with someone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we got to talk with Juwan Howard, who is now 0-8 against Brad Underwood and Illinois. And it sounded like, you know, the last two years they haven't been good, Derek, but it sounded like Michigan's been bad during this entire stretch. The last two years, for sure, they have been truly awful. Um, last year, I, I don't know how that team did not make the NCAA tournament with Hunter Dickinson, Kobe Bufkin, uh, and Jet Howard. But now, Derek, I, is this the last time we see him against Illinois, barring Big Ten tournament, which I don't see Michigan getting to Friday for the chance to play Illinois in this thing? I don't know. Uh, you know, there's talk around that program that they could bring him back for another year, give him another chance. But Matt, Brad Underwood owns him. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. It should be the last time. Um, it should last, be. I, I don't know how you bring him back after this year, and maybe even more importantly, last year. <laughs> like I yeah. look at that, it's just atrocious. Yeah, the talent that they had last year, and then to have the roster building mistakes. Uh, of course, it'll lead into the Terrence Shannon conversation. Some of that maybe is out of his control with the academic side. Although then sure. you could, you could of course, especially with the Caleb Love situation that happened over the off season, then there's probably less sympathy where it's like, okay. How much digging are you doing into this on the front end to know whether a guy's going to be eligible or not or getting through admissions or not? Um, but I, I looked on Ken Palm. They're projected to win 10 games, like, on the year. This is, they're 8 and 17, and find, they might even – it'd be hard to find probably two more wins in their schedule. So They've quit. They've, they've quit. Like I, I was really impressed by what Olivia and Kamwa said after the game. I thought he was a really good veteran, said the right things, but – this team, I, I've watched them so many times. Like, if you step on their throat, they're going to quit, which is amazing mm-hmm. that Wisconsin lost at Michigan. Sure, it's on the road. Doug McDaniel is there. I, I can't understand how that happened um, because you give this team a couple punches. They just – they aren't together. And I, I know there's some new pieces on there, but so does Illinois, man. Like, there's some talent on that team. And I, I get McDaniel's not here tonight, but, like, once Illinois started to make a run – like Michigan had no response, and, and it's I've I've seen it over and over again, and that's not a good sign for a coach. Like I, I just don't know. Like if you're Michigan, I get I guess Juwan Howard's Fab Five guy, but this is what it looks like when you lose a program to me. One hundred percent, yeah, and I, I think this type of losing uh, diminishes some of that cool factor that Juwan had early. Like uh, there was no doubt in, in recruiting, he'd go out there, and, and it, it's still been in a situation where they've been able to get some talent. Oh, this yeah. team is, is certainly lacking that um, to an extent uh, in comparison to previous seasons. But uh, when you go, you know, you have a 10-win season and you're taking these losses, you're going on the road, you're getting beat by 20-plus with regularity, it's hard to bounce back from that. Uh, And then also just the looming kind of – look at uh, Jeremiah Fears, a decision where Michigan would have been a big player and and was a player for a while, but the idea that Juwan might not even be the head coach by the time you arrive on campus, that will – plague Michigan in recruiting as you push forward if you're going to continue on with him uh, beyond this season. So I think that's something they're going to have to obviously consider. Uh, but I think he did a really good job in that first year. We had some holdover beeline talent. Uh, you had Franz and uh, Dickinson yeah. and whatnot. But it's been a situation where I he's had some breaks that have gone different at Illinois. We've talked about it before, like NBA draft decisions where Illinois has gotten – um, things to go well of guys sticking around a little bit longer where they've lost guys maybe a year earlier than they would have hoped or thought. Uh, and then also in the portal, it's been kind of a, a, a nightmare for them and, and a big boost for, for Illinois as well. So uh, 6-0 as a player against Illinois, but now 0-8 against them as a coach, uh, that's quite the swing. And the fact that Hunter Dickinson left your program 
not a good sign. Like I, I get Kansas probably had deeper pockets, but that is a concern. Like that is a, sure. that is a concern for me. All right, let's get into it. You, you mentioned some of those portal things that hurt. Uh, one of those was Terrence Shannon. And do you want to, has he ever said it? No. Publicly, uh, that that Terrence Shannon committed to him. Well, we got him to say it tonight. Here's Juwan Howard with some comments that seem to be going viral right now. I know you're you're familiar with Terrence Shannon. What what's tonight? Very familiar with Terrence Shannon. You're welcome. Would you elaborate on that? What stood out about him today? (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, You know, Terrence Shannon is a guy who I recruited who committed to the University of Michigan, as you, you all are very aware of. And uh, well, he's played extremely well since he's been here. And I'm so proud of him. Um, you know, he's uh, started out the season uh, playing great basketball. Uh, and then uh, when he took that break, uh, he came back. Uh, it's like he hasn't lost a step. And that's so hard to do, uh, sitting out for the time that he did and uh, to hit the ground running like uh, he had missed. And I commend their, their staff for you know, uh, being able to support him um, throughout this process. But you know, it's not easy for a young man what he's, he's been through. I mean, I'm sure what the young lady has been through is not easy on both sides. But um, you know, I, I wish the Tennessee State stay healthy and uh, finish, finish up this year. I think he has a lot of basketball ahead of him. Thank you to Juana for actually saying something, though. Like, I, I didn't know if he'd go there, Derek. Like, you and I were talking, will he say it? Will, will he say it? But I had to ask him about Terrence because he knows him well, wanted him, obviously. But Terrence had an awesome night, so I wanted to ask him about it. And I like when people say things. So the fact that he said it, I, I don't think it's being welcomed by either fan base tonight. I'm sure the Illinois fans got to love it that, that he's kind of showing this, ah, the one that got away from me. These Illinois fans are so used to that being them, whether it's all these recruiting losses throughout the years. And, and you got one uh, in Terrence Shannon over Juwan Howard, and he's now 0-8 against you. But, yeah, that does hurt when your missions office doesn't let somebody in. I know Illinois football has felt that, even here recently, mm. of, of not getting somebody uh, in through admissions. So uh, maybe a shot on the way out? I don't know. Or maybe just a shot to say, hey, Athletic Director Ward Manuel, President, please help me with admissions here. Yeah, I know I turned to you and Joey during the middle of the game and said, I hope that Juwan just kind of says F it and says he was coming to Michigan. And he did. Uh, thankfully. It was kind of like when, when coaches are on their way out, they do get a little bit more effort. You know, like when yeah. Bruce Weber was on his way out, just like, I wish I had a Robbie or Draymond <laughs> at the press conference. Like, there's like, I got nothing else to lose. Yeah. And I uh, credit you for leading him in that way to, to expand on what he was saying. Cause he said, you know, he kind of had the big smirk of very familiar and whatnot, but uh, he, he wanted finally, to say it. He wanted to say it. He wanted to say it. Yeah. And I, I think especially in a season where you're having this ugly of, uh, of a year and last year you missed the tournament. It's kind of like I had the pieces in place to be a lot better than this. Um, so I think it's been something that's been whispered around for, and maybe even louder than a whisper uh, about Terrence going, I, I, there was no public commitment to Michigan. If anybody is trying to, to remember what that looked like, there was just – he took an official visit there. Uh, there was a picture that went out of him and Dickinson at a, a dinner on an official visit. and looked like there, a great dinner, by the way, in the steakhouse. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, there's pretty loud speculation that he was going to end up in Michigan. Ultimately, he doesn't. And Illinois swoops in late where it seems there's an opening and they, they're able to get him. So – uh, because he had not yet graduated, he had to take a little bit of extra classes at, at Texas Tech uh, to then graduate and then transfer. That was the holdup with with Michigan, and, and Illinois was able to make that thing happen. So, I mean, you're talking about a all-Big Ten first-teamer, a guy that when he's at his best is this year on his – count him on your hand, guys that you take over him. Maybe might only take one finger and say Zach Eady. Um, so think about him last year with Dickinson and Doug McDaniel and Kobe Bufkin, like, that would have been a really, really tough team to deal with. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's got to be tough to, to watch it if you're Jawan Howard. And as uh, somebody said in the chat, that's a shame. <laughs> that's how they feel about all of this right now. All right, Derek, uh, let's talk a little bit about Maryland. Um, I, I was asking you, now that you're going to be back, three keys in a pick, like 
I'm glad I don't have to make that pick because Illinois is just obviously Maryland has their number. Uh, and Jameer Young, man, like like Terrence did tonight, he can do that to Illinois as he did uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Julian Reese is a really good player. No depth, no shooting. They are good defensively. Uh, Maryland is top in the Big Ten in defensive efficiency, but that's always an interesting road environment. So I think you've been there when it's been hopping. I've been there when there's nobody there. And right now, I think they've lost five of seven. This team ain't going to the tournament. I thought Maryland was going to be a top three team in the Big Ten. Boy, was I wrong. Um, but it's probably one of the most disappointing teams in the Big Ten outside of maybe Michigan here in Ohio State. So what, what do you expect? What, what's the key for Illinois to finally – get a win over Maryland here after losing, I think, three straight to them. Yeah, uh, I was right there with you expecting Maryland to be a team that sneaky Big Ten title contender. Not that they would win it, but be up there towards the top of the league. They lost Akeem Hart, but seemed replaceable. Uh, and the fact that they brought back Jameer and, and Dante and Julian, but I didn't foresee that they would be this horrendous as a shooting team. So they've had their offensive issues. Uh, and I think it's something that Illinois has to do in terms of a, a game plan, game plan pivot. They didn't get the ball out of Julian Reese's hands enough uh, in the last game when he was matched up one on one against Coleman, uh, Jameer Young in that ball screen coverage. I really would hope that Coleman's coming up there and able to to take away some of that mid range, that floater game. They want to do a better job of getting through screens. Uh, so this is something that it's it's an adjustment type of game. For, for Brad Underwood and for the staff and for this team to recognize what didn't work here uh, and then know that Maryland's a team that's been given <laughs> Underwood problems through the years, too. Yeah. I know some of the parts have changed and whatnot. I wonder about Maryland's headspace because they've they took a ugly loss to Rutgers on their home floor, even though Rutgers is playing better. Uh, and then they lost in double overtime over the weekend at Ohio State. That's That was the battle of of the walking dead in the big 10 <laughs> uh, between those two. And they lost it. So they, they host Iowa. I think it's uh, tomorrow night. And uh, if they lose it, watch out for uh, another team that may have quit. Uh, if yeah. Illinois faces, faces them. But then again, uh, maybe Illinois, Illinois seemingly whatever happens gets Maryland's best shot. So I, I do think matchup wise, it, they could give you some issues. I, I do think Illinois um, should know what to expect as far as, Again, Reese, Jameer Young, offensively not really worried a ton uh, because no. Terrence is back in the mode that he's in, even though Maryland is, I think, even top 10 in the country maybe uh, and defensive efficiency, definitely top 25. So, um, yeah, fifth in the country right now. And, and it, it, is a, it is a reminder Terrence Shannon was not available, right? And, and, you're, not, and you're not getting, you know – Couple of weeks ago, Terrence, like I, I feel good about where he's at right now, and I'm, I'm starting to see that defensive bite, and I'm starting to see the player we saw uh, in the non-conference right before we really got suspended. So I, I feel more confident going into this one than than I would think otherwise because of what he's doing, how well Coleman's playing. You know, Marcus is going to give you production. Uh, you just got to defend, man, and that's I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they try to defend Reese and Young. Uh, let everybody else beat you. Get get the ball out of their hands. I will let Jordan Geronimo and all the Deshaun Harris Smith. I, I will mm-hmm. let those guys beat me making three pointers. I'm getting the ball out of the other guys' hands. Yeah, they, those guys haven't done that nearly enough to to make it feel like that's a possibility for Maryland to to do that and win. I mean, they're very much in similar range of three point shooting as Illinois last year. Uh, like 29% on the season in the 330s in the country uh, as far as three-point shooting goes. So uh, you have to make sure that your ball screen coverage is really, really good um, and and just disciplined and, and tough of fighting through those screens. Uh, maybe Terrence, with the way he was able to guard the ball tonight, is, is the guy you put on, on Jameer. I know that Ty has the ability uh, as well. It's just got to have that want to and that, that physicality and that urgency to make things tough uh, on on them uh, defensively. And then also, you know, Maryland can – they're a physical team. Like Dante Scott, Julian Reese. You, you, tonight, I know that Brad, one of the things he's going to take away, and he mentioned in the post game is while defense was a, a step in the right direction, uh, granted only so much that you can learn from it with the opponent, but giving up some of those loose balls. And Brad was even – even they're up 20-some, 30, he was lighting into Marcus DeMass, lighting into Justin Harmon for – Yep. giving up some of those second chance 
Maryland's a team that can really hurt you on the glass if you allow them to. So you got to have that that punch and that physicality. One thing before we get some of the questions, send those in if you want those. Uh, we'll do a couple minutes of that. Uh, Luke Goody didn't come into the game until the 12th minute. Uh, of the game, which is odd because it's usually him and Harmon are, are first off the bench. Asked Brad Underwood about it. He said it was mostly about defense. Um, said the, guy, the way the guys were playing early on defensively, he was really encouraged about. It was something to watch um, moving forward just to see if he, he changes anything up. Thought he should have taken Luke Goody out a little earlier last game. And uh, I just thought it was a bad matchup for Luke. And I, I felt bad for him a little bit. Uh, so, what'd you make of that, Derek? Yeah, I mean, Luke is still a guy that's a valuable piece of this team with his three-point yeah. shooting and, and how hard he plays. Um, but even tonight, you know, he gets the ball ripped out of his hands um, by Terrence Williams on a what should have been a defensive rebound, and then they, they ended up reviewing it for a shot clock and whatnot. And uh, Luke would even tell you that he's got to be able to, to make those plays, uh, that he's got to be able to come up with loose balls and gave up some second chances to Malik Hall and then obviously um, not able to – to corral him well enough, um, giving up an and one and some buckets there. So uh, I don't – I think that as far as, you know, Justin Harmon getting subbed in and, and Dane coming in and Luke playing a few more less minutes, that it's not terribly surprising. Um, but, I, again, I, I think that he can help you offensively. But maybe Brad tonight is just like we're having no issues on offense for the most part, other than late game stuff against Nebraska and MSU. But – on the whole, we were a very efficient offense. Let's put out the lineups to give us the best chance defensively. I think it's especially when Illinois plays Luke and Marcus together, that can, can get yeah. kind of dicey defensively. Um, so maybe some of that w went into it. But then again, you know, you, you might have a night where you need a shot-making spark, and, and Luke can give you that. So uh, I wouldn't write him off by any means. But yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play great against Michigan State, and and wasn't his best night tonight either. Yeah, and sometimes Brad rewards practice, so don't know what happens there. He didn't he didn't say that in particular this tonight, but uh, something to be interesting moving forward. Lazy Forest Gump asks, can Terrence get himself back into All-America talks? I think it's going to be difficult for him, for the national writers. Uh, I think he's got a better chance at all Big Ten. I still think there's maybe some Big Ten writers that won't vote for him. I personally, he's playing. He's one of the best players in the Big Ten. He will be on my first or second team. Uh, and with the way he's trending right now, I'll probably have, probably have him on my first team if he continues to play this way the rest of the year, I think all Americans be very hard for him. Fully agree with that. And even like his form has to match that. I think you are now, obviously the, the full sample size of what he's done this year is still really, really good. Like over 20 points a game, but uh, in the six games prior to tonight that he had been back, he'd only been shooting 36% from the field and in the twenties from three. So uh, the efficiency wasn't there and that, that had definitely been a slip. He has to make it to your point. He has to make it ridiculously hard to keep him off. Like if he averaged twenty-seven the rest of the way, yeah, might have a hard time keeping him off those All-America lists. And if Illinois finishes as a two-seed or a three, you know what I mean? Like it's gonna be really hard to hold Terrence Shannon off one of those lists. But like you said, if he's not exactly playing at an All-American level until tonight, mm -hmm. then it's a lot easier to hold him off there when there's so many good players across the country. Right. I think especially if he does it in, in like a a big moment, like if if they're on national TV and they beat Purdue and Terrence goes for thirty, like that could be something that really is impressionable for national voters and those type of things. A big you know, outplaying AJ Store at Wisconsin to a lesser extent, but let's say yeah. they what if they reel off both those wins and Terrence is the the main reason why it'd be hard to keep him out of there. But as of right now, I agree with you. I think all American is going to be hard to get and. Uh, just in general, some people admittedly aren't going to want to vote for it. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Like the Big Ten, the two most likely All Americans are Zach Eadie, of course, National Player of the Year, Boo Booey, I would think. Yes. Right yep. now. Because I, I think Jameer Young is third, one of the top players in the Big Ten, but his team probably isn't good enough. I thought you were going to say Tilmanaga. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Alana Bubba, Michigan didn't have their point guard. That's what an offense looks like without a point guard. Our offense, however, rocks. Yeah, our offseason conversations kind of look dumb now with this offense. Like, hey, kudos <laughs> to that. Like, but they weren't running this offense completely at yeah. the beginning of the year, and the offense didn't look quite like this. Um, so that's where the staff's ability, Brad Underwood's ability to put the scheme to the players and the personnel, he has been so good with that throughout the years and changing what he does. Like, remember when he got here, 
the spread offense. That's what he did. That's who Brad Underwood was, and it was exciting, all of that. He's gotten talent and, and adapted to that. Now, we could talk about in-game adjustments, things like that. Um, certainly, there's criticism there, but whole scheme and all of that, like, he's really good at this, and they, they've put together an offensive scheme that works. They definitely have. Yep, they have a scheme that, that plays to their strengths. I do think that some of the late game stuff, and it hasn't popped up nearly as much as I would have thought. And to your point, I thought that this was going to be a team that if they aired on one side of the ball, it was going to be offense. Maybe they're in, they're in some rock fights. I thought even maybe you try to be more aggressive defensively to play in transition more instead of in the half court because things could have gotten clunky without a point guard. But, uh, of course, with the booty ball, you've been able to, to make up for some of that. And, and Terrence – I know we haven't seen it as much recently, but definitely pre-suspension, I think, and it would be important down the stretch of ability to play in ball screens and his improvement there since his time of arriving in Champaign. But uh, like I was saying, late game at Michigan State, some of the turnovers, maybe you don't have those with an experienced point guard. I think some of the those crunch time moments are, are where you'd, you'd like to have a guy who's experienced and a natural ball handler. But, yeah, it's, it's not been something that has uh, – has obviously prevented them from being a top 10 offense and on paper, the best offense they've had during under was era. And really on the analytics say best since Oh five, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Seth asks, Hey guys, is a red shirt still on the table for Hansburg? Hate to see him waste a year, barely playing. Appreciate the pod. Um, he's probably already played in more than 30% of games that they're going to have on the season. He's played in 11 games. He has missed time with the injury, but he's come back and played. Uh, in a game at Ohio State on January 30th. So uh, he did come back. He's not out for the season. He wasn't even on the injury report today. He did not play uh, today, correct? Yeah, he didn't play right. at the end of the game when you got all these guys, Nico Moretti, Dre Gibbs-Allhorn got a lot of minutes. Max Williams and A.J. Red played some minutes there at the end of the game. He did not come in, so I would imagine he's still not fully healthy even though he's not on the injury report. But you can never say never with the NCAA and waivers. Like people asking about Marcus Damask, he does not fit what the NCAA's <laughs> definition is. But you can never say never with these waivers because the rules sometimes don't apply. But right now, the way I look at it, Derek, he would not be able to get a redshirt. Yeah, in basketball, it's supposed to be a season-ending injury uh, for it to then be considered for medical redshirt. Um, if you come back and play, similar to Luke Goody last year, Luke Goody missed – a large chunk of that season only played, I think, 33% of the season. I know the threshold, I think, is 30. Yeah. But him coming back, as soon as he played, the red shirt was burned. So Correct. Uh, we did see one exception to that. We were um, blessed to experience the Mike Thorne, um, <laughs> torn meniscus, I think. And then he weirdly shows up and plays a game in Indiana, plays like 15 minutes, and then he sits out the rest of the year. And they, I think they give him the extra year, but obviously he wasn't the same player after that. But uh, I will say, if you sue the, the other answer, day, the other day, by the way, I I totally forgotten this name from my memory. I saw a box score, and it was Adonis De La Rosa, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah, Adonis De La Rosa, and I was Man. thinking him and Mike Thorne. I was like mm. trying to separate the memories of those two burly big men transfers. Yeah, not the best <laughs> big man that Orlando Antigua recruited. I would say that. Yeah, um, uh, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Go ahead. You're good. No, I was gonna say if you uh, if you sue the NCAA, you probably you can do anything. Uh, it seems like that's what Jared. I'm saying. Like people asking me about week zero rules, and I'm like, well, this is the rule, but who knows what the rules are actually applied anymore in the NCAA because they're so scared of getting sued and going to court. Yeah, that's how Jeremiah Williams is playing. That's how some of these two-time transfers are playing. Yeah, on the note of Damas, like he – it was during the COVID year, right? Was it yeah. during the COVID year he got hurt? Um, played 10 of 26 games in their COVID year, which I went back and saw the Missouri Valley. They played like back-to-backs with, with the same teams, like basically on the same weekend. That's right, weekend. that's right. Uh, but it was a season-ending injury, but he played in – fewer than or more than 30 percent of games that was a covid shortened year he already got a covid yeah red shirt anyway so it doesn't seem like doesn't. it of course like you said Derek, probably doesn't hurt to try if you want to do it or he would have interest in doing it i don't think marcus is an nba draft prospect or anything like that so probably an overseas guy um so hey probably worth a, a waiver shot if you want to try it maybe maybe yeah but yeah not a natural fit for what you'd expect to be another year, although yeah. you can never. Um, Boy, getting say, him back would be good. Though. It, that would be nice because otherwise, I mean, you're turning this roster over big time, and maybe 
I would say Brad, Brad in the portal would go, hey, point guard. Now we got the mask. It's booty ball time. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, is Shannon not going to do interviews for this year? Obvious player of the game. Uh, and no, uh, Terrence Shannon, we do not expect to get. It will be interesting. Supposed to be open locker rooms again this year, the Big Ten tournament. Um, certainly will be at the NCAA tournament. Uh, so we will find out then if Terrence Shannon will say anything at this point. But they could From easily what, just escort him out of the room or something like that, right? Cor- correct, I would imagine. I would imagine the NCAA would make an exception for him because I and he could just not say anything, right? Um, and I'm sure his lawyers are telling him not to say anything because if he's made available, we have to ask him about what is happening, what happened, all those things. Yes, we will eventually ask about basketball, but if he's made available, he knows he's going to get asked about it. He probably won't say anything, and that's that's just obviously his right. Um, but, yeah, I, I do not expect us to hear from Terrence Shannon again, which, I mean, obviously I would love to, to, to hear his side of the story. If he'd like to tell his side of the story, uh, maybe he's just waiting for his court case to do that, but he's probably not going to say anything before his court case because he could jeopardize his criminal case if he doesn't say the right thing. Um, so I understand it, um, but obviously I would like to talk to him because he's a huge part of the team and it's a huge story still ongoing. Yeah, yeah, echo all those things. I mean, obviously there's a lot of the just the basketball stuff that we wish we could, could touch on, just like trying to get back into rhythm, what's changed for him, all that stuff. I think he's he's been a good interview, um, oh, yeah. you know, through his very insightful and whatnot, but uh, for obvious reasons – that they are hesitant to, to roll him out there. Don't expect him to be made available, uh, as you said, but um, that's just kind of kind of the reality of the situation. Great question to wrap this up. Seneca asks, did the Illini lock up the tourney tonight? They're 18-6, and 9-4 and four Big Ten. We shouldn't overlook this stuff, Derek, and I did think about this because, you know, 20 wins used to be the magic number. You're definitely mm-hmm. going to get the NCAA tournament. That, that is not the case for certain teams, but – I would think 10 Big Ten wins would be it. So they're at nine and four. Um, with their non-conference resume, I think they would sneak into the tournament with, with just 10 wins. Now, if you fade down the stretch and lose seven of your last eight or, or what would it be, six of your last seven, I wouldn't feel very confident uh, going into the tournament. But you get two more wins. I think that's certainly locking up the NCAA tournament at this point, which <laughs> – Brad Underwood gets there again. I mean, remember yeah. all the years, Derek, this was not a certainty. And right now, this team is going to make the NCAA tournament. They're, I think they're downside given the schedule they have remaining. They can't gain much. They didn't gain much, maybe a little bit, because they had a blowout tonight with their net rankings. Uh, it's quad three win, though, right? So, like, there's not much to gain with the games they are favored in. Wisconsin – Iowa on the road to an extent, maybe Maryland on the road if they can win a couple more games, but it really comes down to Wisconsin and Purdue. Are you going to be your resume builders? If you want to get to a three seed or if you win out, maybe you can get a two seed. Um, but this team pretty much looks locked into at worst a five seed because they're going to win at least three more games here. Blowouts help your metrics. So I was just looking on Ken Palm. North Carolina, they they did the favorite for Illinois. They lost uh, at Syracuse. So you hopped over North Carolina. You went in tonight, 11th in Ken Palm. You're now ninth. So you jumped to Carolina. They are Ke- metrics, darling, because they lose close. Right? They don't have a double-digit <laughs> yeah. loss yet this year. And yeah. they play some really good teams, Tennessee, Marquette. So they have strength of schedule. And then they have so many blowouts. Yes. So the metrics just adore Illinois, even if they don't have marquee wins quite yet. Yep. The computers love them. And then Marquette tonight, they beat Butler by six. But that pales in comparison to Illinois beating Michigan the way that they did. So uh, tonight, or going into tonight, Marquette was just ahead of Illinois. But Marquette, even though they win in Ken Palm, Illinois jumps over them. So uh, I know that, it, you know, in terms of seeding, it's not all based on one thing. It's not all based on Ken Palm. Even it's not all based on the net. These are humans making these decisions and evaluating the resumes. Illinois is still kind of weak. Uh, as far as the the real, I don't know, hang your hat on type of wins, which we've talked about. And you're not going to get one of those over the next handful of games because you don't have those opportunities. But it is really avoiding the the disaster of losing a, a quad three game or even just a quad two, whether that be at Maryland or at Penn State. Just try to avoid taking losses that could hurt you and, and get in position to be uh, the best chance you can get going into Wisconsin and uh, Purdue 
You know what that all tells me, Derek? I'm really confident in this team in the first round of the NCAA tournament. After that, I have no idea. Yeah. Right? Like, I, feel, I know 12 seeds can be dangerous. I feel pretty good with this Illinois team if they're a five yeah. seed or against a 13 seed. Like, I feel better uh, about this team because they beat the teams they should. Uh, but it's in the games where, you know, they might not be favored or it's an even matchup in a neutral site or away from home. Team still got to prove some things. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, the thing about tonight is you're playing a team that uh, wouldn't even make the CBI. Uh, Somebody, so. One of the crush members started chanting CBI. I'm like, nope, no, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's the knock has been like, oh, let's get under their skin and chant NIT. Like that would be a, a huge compliment. Mission's going to rally when their next six games and go to the NIT. No. Um, yeah. You can nice. chant that at Iowa, maybe. Yeah. True. Right. True. But um, yeah, I think that. On the road at Maryland, it will be a test. It will definitely be a test. Penn State's feisty. Uh, they've had some games. They beat Wisconsin there. They've got some good guard play with Ace Baldwin and Cleary. Um, so uh, Kanye Cleary. So I don't think that these next two are foregone conclusions. But unfortunately, I think it's kind of that dynamic of you're not going to help yourself a ton. But it is a situation where you probably should win, but not necessarily a given. Derek Piper, it's good to have you back, man. Good to see you back in the State Farm Center. Yeah, come on. It feels good. Uh, go home and uh, have a diaper to change or something. See get get your home. It. Yeah, get you home before 11, and you can change a diaper and, you know, get you that go. next – Get maybe get that next feeding at some point in. Yeah. yeah. Help her out I'm, a little bit. No, it's great. It's great, man. I, I, it feels good to be back. Uh, glad to be back in the swing of things and uh, riding the high of new dad life. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's been great, man. Yeah, and uh, daughters are the best, man. Uh, enjoy it. All right, thank you to everybody for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. If you're on with the live YouTube, almost 500 people. We appreciate your support, and you can support us more by hitting that like button, hit the notifications bell, subscribe to us. We really appreciate that. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us. We really appreciate that as well. We'll have plenty from uh, State Farm Center after Illinois defeats Michigan 97-68. to I'll be heading out to D.C. to cover Maryland. Got Penn State next weekend as well. Uh, Illinois getting on the road for a little bit before they return uh, to the State Farm Center for Iowa on Saturday, February 24th. So got to be Road Warriors the next week and a half. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illinois Choir Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.